You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Harvest. It is so good to see you across the screens. My name is Karen Brink, and I am actually really, really excited to get to speak to you today. I want to shout out Pastor Roy and Christina and just say thanks for this opportunity. Also, we have such amazing pastors, so just give them a shout out in the comments. Pastor Roy and Chris, I love you guys a lot, and I'm super, super thankful for you in my life. Um, So today I get to speak on Send Me, which is the third part of our Dangerous Prayers series, which I'm sure we've all been enjoying and kind of not enjoying, I guess, because it's super challenging, but I think amazing for us as a church. And um, before I get started today, I thought I'd tell you a couple little things just about me so you don't feel like you're listening to a complete stranger. (laughs) So I'm the youngest of seven kids in the Brink family. You probably know John and Mary Brink, who are my parents. They're amazing people. You probably also know Ryan and Kevin, who are both drummers, and Ryan is on staff as well here at church, and he spoke last week. Um, So I'm part of a big family and have had the privilege of being part of Harvest Christian Fellowship since the beginning, which has been such an awesome ride, and I love this church, and I love all of you, and I'm super proud and happy to be part of this family. Um, But for the past three years, I've actually been overseas in Australia studying at Hillsong College, which has been an incredible journey. Absolutely loved it. So if a few words that I say today have like a little bit of a weird twang to it, maybe that's because I've been around Australians for the past three years. But I'm super excited to be back here in Cornwall for this season and working at Harvest. It's kind of funny because I went to college for three years of film and television. And then my first day back at work here, Pastor Roy announced that we couldn't have in-person services and it was gonna be all online and all video. So all of a sudden, all of my skills were very quickly put to use, which I'm really, really thankful for. And it's just very clear to me that for this season, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So it's super, super awesome. Okay, dangerous prayers. What a title. (laughs) I was thinking about this and I was like, that's a pretty epic title. But if you think about it, it's not all that appealing. <laughs> like, who ever like, runs to danger on purpose? <laughs> but um, I just want to kind of think about that for a second. So have you ever seen the movie The Lion King? It's from Disney. It's one of my favorites, or it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. And thinking about this series title, I was thinking about a scene from that movie. So let's go to the Pride Lands for a second. And imagine Simba this prince lion cub and he's out with his friend Nala and he's kind of disobeying orders and he's exploring a place he shouldn't be and he's going to this place that is an elephant graveyard. And Nala kind of is like, Simba, are you sure we should be here? Like, I think this is a bit dangerous. And Simba's response is, danger? I laugh in the face of danger. (laughs) And I was like, hmm, that's not usually my response to danger. And again, I know what you're thinking. These are two very different dangers that we're talking about. But at the same time, what is the difference? And I think the dangers that we're talking about aren't necessarily a threat to our well-being. They're more a threat to our comfort. 
And this kind of danger isn't going to damage our humility, but it may damage our pride. And this kind of danger that we've been talking about in this series doesn't usually result in death, except maybe the death of our selfishness. That's what I think. And I think if I put it into that perspective, I'm actually totally okay with talking about dangerous prayers and running towards this danger. And today I really want to explore a way that we can pray these dangerous prayers without having a nervous reaction or without hesitation. Because sometimes, even in the face of these dangerous prayers we're talking about, I don't laugh in the face of danger like Simba did, but I kind of do a nervous chuckle. You know that one where you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to you, Jesus. Like, I'm surrendered, I promise. <laughs> but it's actually super, super hard. So how do we get to this place where we are open-handed, wide open, Jesus, I surrender to you and I want to be surrendered to you. So we're gonna explore how to maybe do that a little bit better. Before I get into that though, um, I've just had a verse on my heart that I really feel like is for this morning and it kind of throws back to Pastor Roy's first part in this series. And I wanna read Psalm 56 verse three and it just says this really simple thought, so listen up. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. And I love Pastor Roy's message on the first week that we have fears. That's like a real place and it's allowed. It's okay, we have fears. But the key is to lose those fears and to put them in the hands of God. I think for me, sometimes when I'm nervous or I'm anxious or I'm fearful, it's because I don't have control over something and I'm trying to get control over it. It's like I'm grabbing it and my knuckles are turning white and I'm like, oh, I'm like nervous about this, but I just wanna hang on to it. But I feel like trusting God is opening up your hands and going, okay, God, I trust you. I don't have control anyways. So I'm gonna put it into your hands and I'm gonna trust you. And God is so wonderful and he will take it and he will tend to it properly. And so I just wanna encourage anyone who's listening today, like put your fears in the hands of God because he's got you. And before we go any further, I wanna pray for this morning because I want the rest of whatever I say to just be God breathed. And I also want you to pray with me while I pray. Why? Because I want you to get something out of this morning. And Sometimes if you pray, you're gonna be paying a little bit more attention, so just pray with me, whether that's in tongues or you just say, yes, Lord, while I'm praying. <laughs> so let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we are signed on to Facebook and YouTube this morning because we want to hear from you, God, and we want to encounter you. And God, I just pray that you would come and fill the spaces that we're all in, whether we're standing or sitting or driving, and God, would your presence just overwhelm us. Would it just overwhelm us, God, because you're so good and we love you and we love to be with you. And so, God, I pray that you just take the words that I've prepared, God, and that you would take them so much further than I could. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Sorry for the waterworks, people, but that's kind of going to happen with me. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't make you uncomfortable because I feel fine with it. <laughs> okay, so send me. That's today's title. And although many of us, I'm sure, would love to get in the car or go on a plane these days and head to Hawaii or Europe or something, I don't think that this message has anything to do with geographical travel, <laughs> as much as we all would love to do that right now. <laughs> but I think it has everything to do with our growth, our maturity, and the willingness of our hearts to say, I'm ready, God, I'll go where you send me, whether that's a, you know, like emotional, mental, spiritual, geographical place. 
Whatever it is, God, here I am, send me. And so today we're going to look at Isaiah, who is a prophet in the Old Testament. So open up your Bibles to Isaiah, and we're going to go to chapter 6. And I want to start in verse 8. And this is the moment that Isaiah agrees to become a prophet. So let's read. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So we can sometimes read over that scripture and be like, oh, that's such a nice moment. Like Isaiah's just like saying yes to God and that's so cool and all this stuff. But I was thinking about the context in which Isaiah lived. So he's like in this place where the chosen people of Israel, and this is like a people group, a nation that God has specifically chosen and poured into, and they're in this foreign land they're like amongst a lot of enemies, but also God's chosen people that he's loved, that he's walked with for so long and promises have come true and all this stuff. All of a sudden this chosen people is disobeying God. They're just like, no thanks, we're gonna go this way. We're gonna try out this stuff. And so Isaiah's living in this time where the people of Israel are like not full on for God. And also he's, in this moment, he's signing up to become a prophet. Maybe he doesn't fully understand what that means, but in those days, like prophet, in my mind, is like not the best job. Like, <laughs> I don't know that you necessarily wanna be a prophet because sometimes you're asked to do really weird things. <laughs> For example, Ezekiel was asked to like lay on his side. He also had to like draw a city on a stone, which I guess isn't that weird, but just sometimes they were asked to do weird things. And even Isaiah, he doesn't know this yet, but later he's gonna be asked to walk around naked for three years. Like, God asks his people to sometimes do really weird things, but he has such good reasons. He always does it as a sign, and he's using his prophets to speak to his people Israel who are away from him, because I just, like, the heart of God is just to draw people in. And so all he wants is for his people to come back, but sometimes he does it in ways that to us are like super weird and out there. But in the eyes of the kingdom of God, I think they make so much sense. So anyways, I've just been thinking about Old Testament prophets and how they were just very interesting people and amazing people for their conviction to stand firm and to do what God called them to, but certainly not easy. And in fact, um, Ezekiel was told, like, go do this thing, talk to these people. By the way, they're probably not going to listen to you. <laughs> Like, I definitely wouldn't want that job. I'd probably be like, uh, okay, God, can you send me to some people who will listen? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And so again, just thinking about that, like prophets didn't necessarily have the easiest job. So how and why did Isaiah so, it seems like anyway, so easily and quickly say, yes, God, here I am, send me. So let's back up a few verses in Isaiah 6 and see what happened before Isaiah said yes, because we want to know the context and how he got to this place. And I think this is going to help us today as well. So Isaiah 6, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Okay, Isaiah is having a serious encounter moment with God. This isn't just like a piece of his imagination. He's like in a trance. Like he is experiencing the presence of God like nothing else. And so let's see what his response is in verse five. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Oh man, have you ever had a moment where you're in the presence of God? Here it is again, the waterworks. <laughs> I just get emotional, guys, it's fine. Um, but have you ever been undone in the presence of God? Like just at a loss for words because you just see him for who he is. You see his glory, you see his goodness, you see his character. I know I've, I've had some of those moments and it's just unreal. And I want to come back to that in a second, but let's continue to read Isaiah's response. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So in this moment where Isaiah is encountering the presence of God, he realizes that there's areas where he's a bit messed up, where he sinned in the past, and he needs God's help to do what God has called him to do. But I love that the moment that Isaiah recognizes an area that he's, he needs a bit of help in, he's sinful, he needs forgiveness, look what happens in verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. So the minute he realizes where he has a problem, where he's sinful, and he recognizes it and he speaks it out loud, it's like God just comes in a wave of grace and he's like, it's okay, I've got you. I'm covering you in forgiveness. I'm covering you in grace. I'm equipping you where you feel ill-equipped and I'm getting you ready because yes, I wanna use you and it doesn't matter what's happened in your past, but I'm gonna use you in a new way today. And so I think the point that I wanna share with you today is that God's presence and a clear view of his character, his love, his goodness, his beauty, and his trustworthiness can take us to a place where we are so abandoned and all we see is him. So all we wanna do is say, yes, God, here I am, send me. I think if we're in that place of his presence and we see who he is, because guys, he is incredible and he's so trustworthy that we can trust him with anything and we can say, here I am, send me. Um, and there's a quote from the book that we've all been reading that I think kind of sums this up and it says, when you become aware of his presence, you will not be the same. I wanna share a couple of my experiences in the presence of God. So I grew up in the youth ministry in this church and a lot of times we would go away on youth conferences and it was always an incredible time. Like worship was just amazing. I'd probably cry through most of it. Um, there would be students praying for each other. I remember I would just like hear the voice of God in really significant ways. People would pray and then we would come home. And I love that like the Sunday after a youth conference, 
like you could tell that the youth had been away at youth conference because the air was like electric. You had like a mosh pit at the front of the church because all of these youth were so excited about what God had done. And I was one of those youth. And I was thinking, like what happened and like what was going on in my heart and my mind that made me like that? And I realized the whole extension of that conference, whether it was three days or two or whatever, we were dwelling in the presence of God. We would have session after session of praise and worship and ingesting the word of God that we were just so like full of it. And we had faith to just say yes, to just believe because we had a clear picture of who God was and his goodness and we were overwhelmed by his love. So it was like, it was easy to have faith. It was easier to say, yes, God, what do you want? Like, I remember coming back feeling so unstoppable. I'm like, give me anything, I can take it. And I think it's because we had dwelt in the presence of God that that's what our reaction was. And in reading this book, I'm really curious what everyone else's like big takeaway is, but something that's been happening in my heart over the past few weeks is that I've been genuinely praying this prayer. I've been saying, God, I know that your will is better than mine. Kind of like convincing myself as well as I'm saying it. But I I think about it and I'm like, man, if God is who he says he is, I can totally trust him and I way prefer his will over mine. Mine, I like make stuff up and I think I've got the best way, but honestly, God has the best, the best, the best, the best. And so I've just been sort of saying to God like, okay, your will is actually the best and like it's uncomfortable and I don't know the details, but I'm gonna decide that I want your will and I'm asking for your will to be done. That's just been something that I've had. Um, And so this thing about the presence of God, sometimes it's like a really big conference moment, but a lot of times it needs to be a daily moment. And here's the good news, that God's presence is available every second of every day. And several years ago, I had one of the most profound encounters with the Holy Spirit I've ever had, and I'm going to share it with you. (laughs) It's a really special story to me, actually. And I was living in Ottawa at the time in an apartment with my brothers. And over the weekend, we had been at church and Pastor Roy had been preaching. And it was like this little thing that he said in his sermon that was like spinning in my mind. And he said something to the effect of, hey, when you're making coffee for yourself in the morning, make two, make one for you and one for Jesus. Because when you see two coffee mugs, you assume there's two people there. And it just reminds you that God is present and he's real and he's there. So here I am in my apartment, nobody else is home, and I keep thinking about this and I'm like, ah, I should probably try it, but like, it's kind of weird. And I also, like, I grew up in a big household and my heritage is Dutch and so my parents taught us to like use resource well and. I guess a bit frugal maybe. And so in that moment, I was like, I'm not gonna make two cups of coffee. Like, that's such a waste. (laughs) But it kept playing over in my mind and I was like, okay, I think I need to just try this. So I make the coffees and I set up two chairs and a table like facing the window. And I'm like stirring the coffee and I'm like, this is so weird and awkward and why am I doing this? I don't really understand. But I'm just, I'm just like, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so I walk over to the chairs and the table and I set the two coffee mugs down and I sit in one of the seats 
and I look over and I just start weeping, kind of like I am now, because I was like, oh my goodness, you're right there. You're right across from me. You're sitting there. You're present. You're as real as this coffee mug is. And he's so real. Guys, he's so real. And he's so present. And the funny thing is, like, in that encounter with the Holy Spirit, I don't feel like he said anything, like, super significant about my life. It wasn't like, Karen, you're going to go do this and say this, and I'm going to have you do whatever. It was actually as simple as, like, Karen, how are you doing? I love you. Hey, how's that test you're studying for? And it was like such a beautiful moment of like God just being present in the time and space that I was in. And so I just want to encourage you that there's so many things that we can do to remind ourselves that He's there. And it might be having coffee with Him. Um, I know some friends who they don't drink coffee, so they have water with Him, they brush their teeth with Him. And it's like, what can we do to remind ourselves of His goodness, His grace, and how present He is in our world? And I'm going to use another quote from the book, which says, Sometimes you know He's with you, not by feeling, but by faith. So the goosebumps and the weeping <laughs> is wonderful when it happens. I can attest to that. I love it. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. But there is some times when our emotions are just flat and we don't really feel anything. We don't feel like we see angels coming down from heaven. But this is where God's word and um, our own conviction and what we speak over ourselves becomes so important. And the people you're doing life with as well. Because sometimes when we're not feeling it or not sensing him, we need to still remind ourselves that he's there, that he's still good, that he's still the same God that he's always been, that he's still trustworthy. So I think we need to learn to live in the presence of God. And honestly, that's gonna look so different for everybody. So don't just stick with the way one person does it, but figure out what it is for you. And here's kind of the bad news, but it's also kind of exciting news is we're not gonna get any details when we say yes to God and when we get in His presence and when we put ourselves before Him and we say, here we are, send us. But Isaiah didn't get any details either. But again, if we know who our God is, and that's the good thing, we, we might not know the details, but we can always know our God. And I think that's key. If we can know who God is, we know His character and His grace and His love and His beauty, will care a little less about the fact that we don't have the map, the whole detail of everything. And so I think in the face of dangerous prayers and living in the presence of God, I don't think we're gonna have to nervously chuckle about moving forward in all of this. I think if we're in the presence of God, our hearts will be too busy melting, overwhelmed by who He is. And. I love how kind of all of this ties into what Pastor Roy has been talking about, about how we at Harvest are gonna be people who make the presence of God a non-negotiable. And the more that I've been thinking about that and preparing this message, I'm like, it makes so much sense. <laughs> Not that it didn't make sense before, but I'm like, it's becoming more and more clear that yes, we need to be people of the presence of God because then we can be yes people. Then we can be willing people. And can you imagine, Harvest, if all of us were putting up our hands and saying, here we are, God, send us. 
We care a little less about the details because we know who you are and we know that you're good and you're gracious and you're gonna lead us to the place we need to be. So my challenge for me and you and everybody is to start being okay with being a little bit uncomfortable, to be okay with our comfort being a little bit threatened because God's will is better anyways. And I wanna also encourage you to learn to live in the presence of God. And again, whatever that looks like for you. And the good news is God has our absolute best in mind. He loves us so much. And again, we don't know the details. We don't know how he's gonna do it, but we know that the will that he has for our lives is so much better than anything we could come up with. And as I close today, I really wanna read this prayer that's at the end of the book. And honestly, it's extremely challenging to read out. But I also think it, it just helps us to push aside the comfort a little bit more and to get our, our hearts in a posture of being like, yes, God, we're gonna say yes to you. So I'm gonna read it out. And it's from Sir Francis Drake, who was an English sea captain from the 1500s. It's very challenging, so just listen as I read it. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push back the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ, amen. Oh man, that is intense. <laughs> but also such a good reminder that of like what's important and what matters most. And so I just wanna pray for us as we end today. And I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've got something from the message today. I hope the Holy Spirit has ministered to you. And as I pray at the end, I actually wanna pray this prayer again, because I just read it, but I wanna pray it over us. And you can read it off the screen along with me, or you can just soak in the moment. Okay, so here we go. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push back the future in strength, courage, and hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. And God, yes, 
we just put ourselves before you and we gaze upon your beauty today, God. We look at your goodness. We remind ourselves of your character and your trustworthiness. God, and because we know who you are, I pray that you give each and every single one of us the courage to say, here I am, send me. God, I just pray that you bless every single person watching online today, God, that you'd meet them right where they're at, God, that you'd um, just give grace where grace is needed, Lord Jesus, and that you give love where love is needed and mercy where mercy is needed, God. We just thank you so much for this house, for this church, and even, God, I thank you for what you're doing in this online season, even though it's uncomfortable, God. I thank you that you're always at work. And Jesus, we love you, and we choose to trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I really hope you have been blessed this morning. I love you all very much, and I hope you have an incredible week.